the late 80s, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Pat Trek. My continuing mission to introduce my friend Patrick to the best show that ever ran on television and to boldly go where millions of white guys with glasses have gone before. Hello and welcome to Pat Trek. This is the show where my friend Pat O'Rourke introduces me, Patrick Winnegar, to Star Trek The Next Generation, a show that I have never seen. And I have seen a ton of times. And Patrick, have you ever wished an old flame would come back into your life? Uh, I've been married for like four years, so <laughs> it's going to be a no on that one. Did you ever have a fantasy that you wanted to see again? Uh... I mean, I keep having these dreams where, like, they're very vivid. Okay. Where I'm back in high school, and I forgot that I signed up for a class, and I'm, like, showing up for the first time in several months, and there's a test. Oh, dude, I have that dream, and too. I, I want that. I want that fantasy to go away. <laughs> Is that the same? Yes. Okay. The exact same. Much like... Future Imperfect. Yeah. The episode we just watched. Yeah, this is a Riker heavy one. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. Uh, There were some weird things about it, which we will get into. Yes, there are some very weird things. First, I guess we should probably do Patrick's Log. Let's do it. This came out November 12th, 1990. And I found a headline from the LA Times, Perspective on the Soviet Union, Growing Demand for Strong Hand. Moscow resonates with rumors of coups. Ooh. A military coup has been predicted of late in the Soviet Union at regular intervals, first in mid-September and then for October 6th, most recently for November 7th. Even the names of the divisions involved have been mentioned. Various scenarios have been discussed that would first occur in the Far East and then gradually spread to the rest of the Soviet Union. Some appointed the KGB. It talks about, like, all these different possibilities that, like, different... Uh, outlets had picked up whisperings of a military coup. This was November 12th, 1990. It actually would not happen until, uh, not October, August of the next year. Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. We're in close to the range of when it Near the end of the Soviet Union. Right. And, like, uh, when it was kind of collapsing and ended on questionably legal pretenses because they had... (laughs) They had like a referendum that not everybody voted in, and the question was really weirdly asked. Mm-hmm. And then there was a coup, an attempted military intervention in August twentieth, I think, for like five days, and it collapsed uh, because there wasn't like a ton of popular support behind it because it just sprang up out of nowhere. And then the guy, I think it was Yanayev or Yezov. It was one of the generals showed up on TV like drunk as hell. Did he really? Yeah, it was a weird time. Oh man, for the Soviet Union and the former Soviet republics. Wow. Well, we'll get into that a year from now. A year from now, yeah. This is still going to be in the news. Yeah, it's like the biggest or second biggest uh, world power collapsing. Right. So this was huge news. It's I know like if the Klingon Empire went away. Correct me if I'm wrong here. There's supposed to be a lot of allegory, I think, between... I think it's the Federation and the Romulan Empire. Okay. But I mean, like, wasn't there a Star Trek movie? Mm-hmm. 
where they're like negotiating with the Klingons, and that's supposed to be like an allegory of like the. Oh, two. yeah, I think that's an earlier movie though. Okay, that's not a Next Generation movie. No, no, I mean that's like a, um, that's like an original series yeah. movie. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. That's not a vivid dream that I had, right? <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. No, there's a lot of allegories with the Russians and the Soviet Union yeah. in, uh, within Star Trek. Okay. Well, yeah, so like you said, this is future imperfect. And the Iraq War. Oh, really? Well, I guess the first The one. first one. Yes. Yeah, Desert, Desert Storm. Yes. Yeah. This is one of the ones where, weirdly enough, the mission that the Enterprise is on actually does affect the plot of the, of it the episode. It does, Yeah. Because they're out on a mission to Alpha Onias 3, which is, like, near the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. And I know I ask about the neutral zone all the time. Yeah, it's but the line of demarcation. No one's supposed to go in it, right? Yeah, it's okay. it's that empty space between the Romulan Empire and the Federation. Yeah, the buffer zone. Exactly. So they're near it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're in it exactly. But and exactly where it starts and ends is a little fuzzy as okay. well. Okay. You know? As... They're heading to Alpha Nias three. We see in ten forward there is a birthday party going on for Riker. He's trying to play the trombone and he messes up this one note. Mm-hmm. Everyone laughs and uh, they take him to this cake. He blows it and wishes for music lessons. One of my favorite Easter eggs and I spoiler I guess, uh-huh. but in a future season he plays that song perfectly, which I know. Oh really? Yeah. And well, I know- he is actually like. Good at trombone. Yeah, and he loves playing it. Yeah. And so they have him play it great later because he's been practicing. Ah, okay. And it's one of those minor Easter eggs, just like the one of the artifact from Ryza that's in this episode, which we'll talk about later. Oh. Those are beautiful little Easter eggs that now they're able to do. So on the bridge, Data and Picard are going to go down to 10 forward to like join the birthday party. Mm -hmm. And Data's like saying something about birthdays, like, yeah, it's weird humans celebrate that. Blah, blah, blah. It gets interrupted by this weird signal coming from the planet. Mm-hmm. The ship is getting probed. Yeah. They don't know by what, because this is supposed to be uninhabited, right? So they're like, well, got to send an away team. <laughs> One of them has to be Riker. Sorry, Riker, I know it's your birthday, but you got to go. God, he's wasted. Though. I know, yeah. Well, it's sent the hall. You can... Sent the hall and cake. Yeah. He's got a sugar high. He's got to shake it off, and <laughs> him and Jordy and Worf, they all go down to the surface of this barren planet. Yeah. Like, a no lot one of is stalag there. Tights. Stalag mites. Stalag mites might rise from the floor. floor. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and stalag tights have to hold on tight to yeah. the ceiling. So, yeah, stalag mites all over the place. Really big ones. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, gas. There's methane and, like, sulfur mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. It, it, no Lots one can live here. Lots, Lots of farts. Of farts. <laughs> a lot of fart gas, and <laughs> the levels only increase. Mm-hmm. So Jordy's like, yeah, I don't know how long we can stay here. I don't think anyone can live here. We should probably just go back to the ship. <laughs> but they can't go back to the ship because the toxic gas is getting so heavy that it is interfering with the signal. And we see like attempts to beam, to beam them up, and then Riker just falls to the ground. And then that's like... The, the, yeah. the intro. Yep. Right? Yep. The cold open, yeah. as they say in the biz. Yeah. Oh, and then he wakes up in sick bay, and we see uh, we see Doctor Crusher, but she looks older somehow, and her, her hair hair's is up, up. Yeah. Which she has never done. And Riker has like streaks of gray in his beard, mm-hmm. and he's he immediately recognizes her. He's like, "Oh, Doctor Crusher," and she's like, "You remember me? That's good. What else do you remember?" Captain. What? 
So Crusher is like going through what happened to uh, formerly Commander Riker, now apparently Captain Riker. Mm-hmm. They're in the sick bay again of the Enterprise. He's still in the same place, but he is now apparently the captain of the Enterprise. And she she was like, "All right, look, here's what happened." What's the last thing you remember? He was like, well, I landed on this planet. Uh, there was toxic gas, and I passed out, and I woke up here. She was like, okay. So when you were on that planet, you got this thing called Altarian encephalitis. It's a rare form of encephalitis that it affects the synapses in certain parts of your brain. Doctor! So, yeah, he doesn't understand it. He's like, I don't terms. get it. And he's like, okay. Dr. Crusher is saying... The only thing that you can remember is everything before that happened. Mm-hmm. You had a flare-up. It put you in a coma for a few days. Before then, you were fine, but you have these flare-ups. And when it happens, you can only remember everything that happened before the infection. And it comes back eventually, we think. Yeah, but it could be permanent. It could, it could be permanent. We sure. don't know. It hasn't been in the past few times that this happened, but you may not ever remember what happened in the past 16 years. Six. That is a long years. time. What a great plot, though. Yeah, I'm hooked already. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's like let's fast forward 16 years right. into the future. If we lived out Riker's fantasy life, mm-hmm. what would it be like? Yeah. So she's like, I'm gonna try to associate you with like smells and sounds and and sights from your past and see if that uh, if that does anything to jog your memory. She's about to take him to his uh, private quarters, and he's like, no, take me to the bridge, because that's where I spend all of my time. She's, she's like, okay. They, like, pass a Klingon officer. It's not Worf. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, that's weird. And she says, yeah, well, a lot of things have changed in the past 16 years, so, you know, just be prepared. Yeah. Hang on tight. Yeah, as they're going in the turbo lift, the computer kind of messes up, and he's like, wow, that's weird. That's never happened. She says, yeah, um... Uh, Commander LaForge is doing a diagnostic, uh, but the computer's been acting funny all day. I don't know what's going on. Wi-Fi's out. Something. <laughs> it's like some bullshit explanation. Yeah. They go to the bridge, and he finds Jordy working on it, and he's like, hey, where's your visor? Because he's not wearing one. And he says, oh, yeah, uh, I got these implants, but I guess you wouldn't remember because they told me your memory might be out. Yeah, ocular implants. Yeah, uh, from a clone. Yes. Or not, I guess not a clone person. They probably just like grew the eyeballs in a vat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well. He's got vat eyeballs. He doesn't doesn't need his uh, visor anymore. And we see. uh, But he had such cool superpowers. I know, yeah. He could do so much cool stuff with his visor. Uh, Worf is at the helm where Data normally is. Mm -hmm. Data is second in command. Now wearing red. Mm hmm. And there's a Ferengi next to Worf. Hell yeah! Which is totally new. Yes. That is never addressed. I uh, Well, kind he of. He says it at one he point. He says yeah. it, but they never talk to this guy. No. Uh, so Riker is like, okay, I guess uh, Data's my second in command. That kind of makes sense. All right, that's what I would have chosen anyway. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Romulan Vessel appears. Captain Riker immediately puts the ship on red alert, which people do. They carry out the order. And then Data's like, yeah, you don't need to do that. Yeah. We're, we're fine. <laughs> we're actually fine with the we're Romulans at peace now. With them now. Which, you know, it surprises Riker. And he's like, okay, we'll belay that order. Yeah. And I want to talk about this whole Romulan thing later once we get to the yeah. true plot twist. Like, why are they doing this? I don't know. Uh, 
But then they uh, they hail the warbird, mm-hmm. and there is Picard, but he's not Captain Picard. He's he's Admiral Picard yeah. now. Yeah. And Deanna Troy. With a goatee. Not Deanna Troy. Yeah. Uh, Picard has a Picard goatee. Picard has a goatee. And his hair's a little shaggy. Yeah. He let it grow out a little bit. Yeah. And everyone's uh, com badges is different now. Yeah. Instead of a circle, it's number of lines. Yeah. Which I saw in Memory Alpha. If you look closely, depending on your rank, the number of lines behind the in- insignia it changes. Are, are different. Yeah. So it's meant to signify rank as well. Yeah. So Riker is pretty confused but he's glad to see his friend and he's you know he he can't piece all this together so he's going to go to the transporter and captain picard now admiral picard is going to explain all this stuff to him Mm -hmm. so admiral picard is like okay uh i understand your disease had a flare-up again but we're in a pretty vital point in our time right now yeah you've been out for 16 years for the past four We've been in negotiations with the Romulans. Thanks to you. Thanks to you, because one of them went past the neutral zone. Their warp coils turned out to be messed up, and that's why that happened. And instead of firing on them or being hostile, you saved them. And they took that as a great gesture. Mm -hmm. And they trust you now. But because they trusted you, they ended up trusting the Federation. And because they ended up trusting the Federation, we've been in talks for four years, and we're about to sign an alliance. But you got to be there. And Riker's like, uh, shit, I don't remember any of that. Am I in any sort of shape yeah. to do this? And Admiral Picard is like, well, look, um, I appreciate your candor, but you do, <laughs> you do have to be there. Oh, man. We can brief you. We can help you. We can do anything. Uh, but Mondays, am I right? I know, but you, you got to show up to work. I'm sorry. <laughs> you had a nice sleep. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's like the weekend. Come Monday, you've totally forgot what you committed to on yeah, Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so Picard is like taking, he's dumping all of this on Riker. And Riker's like, oh, well, shit, now I got to remember stuff. So Deanna Troy's like, okay, I'm going to help you remember stuff. I'm going to take you back to your quarters, and we're going to do some of that association therapy again. So he goes to the captain's quarters. That's where he lives now. They have... Uh, as you mentioned, that artifact from Ryza. Yeah, the is one on the that table. means you're ready to get down. Yeah, he just has that out. In the center of his table. Yeah. Which, again, once we get to the end of the episode, we can talk about what's being manifested here. Yeah. That shows how important that thing is to him. Yeah. Uh, but then we hear trombone noises from the <laughs> other room. And it turns out it is someone that is calling Riker dad. What? So. Uh, Riker is totally taken aback. He goes in the other room, and he's like, uh, Deanna, how come you didn't tell me this? And she was like, look, Dr. Crusher thought that we had to surprise you with it because we thought that might jog your memory. And obviously, that hasn't worked. His name is Jean-Luc, which Riker thinks is really cool. <laughs> and It's weird because Jean-Luc is still alive. Jean-Luc is still alive. He didn't name him after a dead person, you know, which... A lot of times is what people do. Right. Doesn't it seem kind of weird? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, a little brown nosing, perhaps? I know, right. This yeah. is his old boss. Yeah, it's his I'm, current I boss. I would never name my kid after my boss, <laughs> ever. No matter how much you like him or look uh, yeah. to them as a mentor. Like, number one, weird. my boss's name is Chip. <laughs> Chip's a good kid's name. Uh, yeah, it is. It's a great kid's name. <laughs> uh, it's like the uh, the teacup from uh beauty and the beast right <laughs> chip 
if you're listening to this, please, uh, I I do respect you, and I'm not making fun of you. <laughs> please don't fire me. <laughs> but, the reason that kid's name is Chip and Beauty and the Beast right. is because it's a teacup with a chip to it. Yeah, but it. what I'm saying, it is weird. It's a very he, clever and creative He name. named his kid after his boss. He did. Yes, weird. That is weird. Yeah. I agree. Yes. And that's why it is weird. It almost seems too perfect by this point. Mm-hmm. Like, this seems like fanfic. <laughs> it does. Riker is yeah. the captain. They made peace with the Romulans. He named his kid Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc is this admiral somewhere else. Yeah. Everyone's doing great. But there is one hitch. He asks who the mother is. And Deanna Troy mentioned someone named Min. And Min has died two years ago in a shuttle accident. And she was like, she was great. He loved her. Um, and I'm sorry, she's gone. Why? Do you think the wife is dead? Again, we'll I get don't know into when that. I don't know yeah. what to talk we about. We can't this spoil stuff. it yet. Ah! Uh, it's so hard. Right. But she's like, what's important now? Uh, she was also a ship's counselor. Uh, she took Deanna Troy's place when she left uh, to get a promotion. But Troy is like, look, what's important now is your son. So uh, spend time with him, and maybe that'll help your memory, too. So Riker tries to drop his service record. The computer's still messed up, though, which is weird. Yeah, it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Riker is going to go meet the Romulan ambassador with uh, Admiral Picard and Troy. Mm-hmm. They go to the transporter room, and it's Tomalock. What? Yeah, this was the guy that they have all this trouble with. Like, they've faced this guy down in the neutral zone before. Mm-hmm. That is how Riker remembers him. And you can see, like, hate in his eyes when he encounters him. Strange that he would be the ambassador. Right. A guy that they how know. how much he hates the Federation. Exactly. And it's a guy they've had conflict with. And Tomalock is acting, like, totally normal. He's like, oh, I'm so honored to be the first Romulan to walk freely on a Federation vessel. Oh. And Riker's just stink-eyeing He's just him. seething the whole time. Oh, yeah. Following him around the ship. Although he's the one who made the peace happen apparently that's what we're told mm. so that is what we're told troy Patrick. troy lets him know is like hey tomalock's changed things have changed don't don't dwell on the past but do people really change <laughs> 16 years isn't that long so they go up to the bridge and tomalock is just walking around and data's showing him all this stuff and riker's like i gotta go to the ready room troy admiral let's go to the ready room and Riker is expressing all of his discomfort with the situation, basically, to Picard, to Troy, and that's interrupted with his son, Jean-Luc, being hurt in the sick bay, and he has to come immediately. So uh, it turns out it wasn't a very big injury. Well, that's the thing, Beverly Crusher. Yeah. Why she made a big deal? She made a huge deal. Called him out of an important. And it turns meeting. out he's like, oh, he broke his wrist, which in this universe is not a big deal because right. you can like hit the fix it button. It's okay. Yep. And he was like, no, Dad, I was just playing Parisi Squares. Parisi Squares. Yeah. Uh, Riker. Age? Riker is so mad that his like sixteen-year-old kid or fifteen, however old yeah. he is, was playing this dangerous game. He's like, you could have fallen and broken your neck. He's like, yeah, but I didn't. I'm all right. And Beverly draws Riker away, and they have this conversation about being a father. And she's like, look, he just broke his wrist. It happens to kids. It happened to you. How old were you when you first started Right, playing? yeah. Probably around his age. And yeah. He goes, yeah, probably. So he's like, okay, I'm going to commit to being a dad. Uh, he, he takes his son back to their quarters. And on the, on the way there, he's like, look, 
I'm sorry I'm acting weird. I didn't have a good relationship. I didn't have any relationship with my dad. He wasn't there. Which we saw in a previous yeah, episode. Yeah, which you saw in a previous episode. And he was like, I want to make sure that I'm never that guy. So I want to be there for you. And he was like, Dad, you always were. You just don't remember it. He was like, well, let's make some new memories. Uh, it's very sweet. It w- it's a very sweet scene. And he mentions, like, I-, I don't know if they have, like, some of these old programs that I had in the holodeck. And, th- and when that happens, you're like, no, don't show him the programs that <laughs> you made, Riker. Oh, God. But he's talking about, like, fishing. Yeah. Like, fishing trips and but stuff. But Riker never went fishing yeah, when he was in there. Yeah, we know what he was doing in there. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill in the gaps. So he goes back and uh, he calls up some stuff on the computer, like memories of him and his son, and it's like him playing with his son. Then he tries to draw up memories of his wife, and it can't, like, it's not working. The computer's still messed up. So Jean-Luc comes in and is like, okay, well, give it the star date or whatever. And he's like, okay. And something comes up. It's a birthday. He's messing around with his son, and then you see Min, his wife, She looks familiar. Yeah, she does. She looks like someone that we've seen interact with Riker before. Someone we like to mock a lot. Yeah. From the episode. Riker's watching. Yeah, Riker's watching. He's like, wait a minute. Her name is Min. Oh, my God. It's Minuet. Minuet. It's Minuet. It was Minuet. From the New Orleans program. Yeah. Like, he fell in love with this computer program. This says so much about Riker. And he kind of pieces together what's going on pretty quickly like he's mad at his son all of a sudden he's like who are you yeah this can't be my wife because i know for a fact she's a computer program Mm -hmm. he runs up to the bridge he's yelling at jordy he's like hey no way you could have been working on this computer program this long 30 hours the real jordy would have had this done yes and he goes up to Worf, and Worf has a scar on his face he's like where'd you get that scar he's like uh in battle what battle he can't answer he's like who was, what was the unit? What were you doing? And, like, Worf would have remembered that. Mm-hmm. Then he asks, like, all these calculations from Data, and Data can't do it. And he's like, oh, the subspace is screwing me up. He's like, yeah, that never would have happened. Uh, then Tarmalock and Admiral Picard and Deanna Troy show up, and Riker just lays into the fake Picard. Oh, yeah. Tells him to shut up. And he's making this huge scene. And then finally, Tomalak walks away, and then everything fades out, and we see we're in this huge, massive warehouse-sized holodeck full of Romulans. Yeah, it's a Romulan holodeck. Yep. Instead of being black and yellow, it's like neon and yeah. blue and gray. We're, we're taken to this other room, uh, and it's like they're in a starbase or something, Yeah, and everything is like this weird beige and... Uh, Neon teal color. Yeah. Like, it looks like... The 90s threw up. It, yeah. <laughs> like, it looks like the... Uh, like, it's like when you eat too many Skittles. Right. It looks like a really upscale uh, beach condo in Destin in 1993. <laughs> uh, or like a brand new... We have a Sour Worms. Yeah. Neon it's that s- color. It's that color. Yeah. yeah. It looks like a. It brand looks like candy to me, clearly. Right. It looks like they made a building out of a 1994 Florida Marlins jersey. <laughs> is basically what this thing looks like. It's like you took Las Vegas and put it into a blender. Pretty and much. Took out a couple pieces of it. Yeah. So they're in this thing, mm. 
And Tarmalock is like, hey, Riker, so how'd you figure this out? Like, we went through your entire brain. We created this elaborate fantasy for you. And we thought we were going to get the location of Starbase 23. Like, that's what this was all leading up to. They were going to go to this uh, negotiation, right? And part of the negotiation was we're going to reveal the location of Starbase 23, which Admiral Picard in the simulation told Riker, it's not that important anyway. It's one of the stipulations for the Alliance, and it, you know, we just got to do it. But Riker asks a great question here. If you wanted to know where the Starbase was and you were able to pick my brain... Why don't you just do it? Why don't you just take it from me? Yeah. And Tarmalock is like, well, you know, these things are not really calibrated for human minds. Mm -hmm. They're for Romulans. So we had to dig in there, basically. And, And the way we did it was we thought that we picked the love of your life from your brain, but it's this computer program. The love of your life! <laughs> like, it's what, a computer program he slept with, with one time. Yeah, too, it's like, what Midwest is gone now. wrong with you? <laughs> and he dated Deanna Troy for years. Riker, a living, breathing human. Well, yeah. humanoid, half human. Point remains, he's been in love with real-life people that yep. we've met. Uh-huh. And the one that had the strongest emotional connection the to The one him. that got away was didn't even exist. It's <laughs> from the holodeck. So Riker! He's being led to this cell by uh, Tormalok. And Tormalok's like, yeah, you know, your friends, we just let them go back to the ship. But we got you. I don't know if you're, they're ever going to come back. And Riker's like, they're going to come get me. They always come back. Yeah. And he, he gets thrown in this dusty cell, and there's a little kid, and it's... Jean-Luc from his uh, vision. It's his son. But Tarmalok is like, he's not going to recognize you as your son. He's just some kid that we had here. We use him as an actor. Why? I don't know. Can they, they make just... up everybody else? Yeah, why, they can Why just... not give him like a, make a little short guy with a beard so he looked like Riker? I know. I, don't, I have no <laughs> idea. So Riker's trying to get information out of this kid, and uh, he is like a feral child, basically. And finally he says that he's this kid, Ethan... He was on the Starbase. They got taken over by Romulans. They took his parents. He doesn't know where they are. So he's like an orphan, basically. Yep. Um, Riker tells him that, look, we're going to get out of here. I'm going to find a way. And a way comes because Tormalot comes in with a guard uh, to question Riker, and uh, Riker isn't you know, cooperating. And then Ethan charges at someone. Right. Punches him just in the punches, face. He takes a dude out. And then Riker <laughs> takes the opportunity. He's like, well, all right, I'm going to take this guy's gun. And yep. uh, he shoots a couple people. They run out through this, like, vaporwave-ass yeah. starbase. <laughs> well, Ethan had said he knows a way, right. like a way to safety. They find, like, a, an air vent or something, and they close it. And there's this uh, suspenseful uh, part where... Some Romulans are searching through, and they try to scan, and Ethan is like, well, they can't get through the rocks. There's something in the rocks that uh, blocks their scanners. I overheard them. So Riker's like, oh, all right. And Ethan's saying, like, this is a part of the building they forgot about? Yeah. Okay. Seems weird. Seems weird. It's full of stuff. Uh, and they kind of make their way into the tunnels and stuff, and Riker's like, okay, well... Let's uh, send a message out, out, but we we need to get to the computers. And Ethan's like, yeah, well, you have to use Tormalock's voice. But he calls him Ambassador Tormalock. What? Yeah. And Riker's like, wait, hold on. 
He was called Ambassador Tormalock in my vision. But this is real, and he's never been an ambassador. I know that for a fact. He's always been a captain. What is going on here? And then they hear something, uh, like someone breaking through into the vent. And Ethan's like, oh, hold on, this way. We've been captured. And Riker's like, uh, nope. <laughs> I thought you said they couldn't scan us through the rocks. You can, and he's like, oh, I guess they found a way. Uh, yeah. uh, my lie is collapsing. <laughs> Riker's like, I'm not buying it. Yeah, and so the Romulans come in, and then he's like, uh, give me your weapon. And Riker gives it to him. He's like, yeah, you're not real. None of this is real. I'm not playing anymore, which is kind of a bold move, you know. Totally. Considering he just came out of another fantasy. Yeah, and I love this kind of layering right. of false worlds. But he's right. He is right. Everything collapses. Yeah. Uh, and then this is where the episode gets a little weird. Yeah. Great right so, up till this point. Right up. And, and yeah, it's really gri- Yeah, I mean, gripping. we flew through talking about it because it was so exciting. Yeah, like... Stuff happened, but it was at a was that at like a good pace. Yeah, and the speed of discovery was really cool. Yeah, it, and it was easy to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Not like the rest of this. Well, right. I think I know what happened, but then all the motivations for earlier get weird. Yeah. Okay, so Riker's like, I'm not going to play anymore. I know this is a uh, this is another fantasy, and everyone disappears except for Ethan. And they're back in, like, all those stalagmites and stuff. Mm -hmm. He's in this huge cave. Like, he's back on the original planet that he was in. Uh, Meanwhile, they're up on the Enterprise. Worf and Geordi are fine. Present day. Yeah, present day, everything. Picard is still a captain. Yep. There's only one Jean-Luc. Everyone is fine. No one has a kid. And they are able to finally get through to Riker. Uh, And he's like... Hey, I'm okay. Uh, I'm all right. I've just been missing for an hour, and I have no idea what happened. Are, are <laughs> Worf and Jordy okay? And Picard is like, yeah, they're fine. Uh, we're just looking for you. We're finally able to get through because of all the poisonous gas. We're going to get to you in just a second. Do you know what's going on? And Riker's like, I don't, but I'm about to find out. Ugh. So he, like, interrogates this kid, and the kid is uh, Ethan. He, he's saying, look, they came after my people. I, I'm here with the neurotransmitters, and it can give me anything I want, and I thought you would want it too. And Riker's like, okay, look, hold on. Slow down. Who are you? What is your deal? And he's like, look, my, my mom was fleeing genocide, basically, and they knew that they would come for her. So she left me here, and these transmitters give me everything that I need to survive and all the companionship that I need. I can... Imagine any situation and put myself in, and I'm I'm there. But it didn't give me an actual person. It didn't. I didn't. Ho- I don't have any friends. Yeah. So I was trying to get one. So he lured Riker here, and he was like, "I thought you would like the world that I created for you, but I, you know, I'm I'm sorry." And Riker is like, "Well, that sucks, dude. I'm not <laughs> I'm not mad at you. Like that's awful." Uh, I'm, I've only been gone an hour, so it's not a big deal. But you don't have to stay here. Like, you can just come to the ship with me. You don't have to be stranded here anymore. And then the boy clasps his arms together and turns into this weird, like, gray alien thing. With looks like it's an alien from Spencer's it, Gifts. It looks like a very cheap alien costume. It was very cheap. And he says, my real name is Barash. 
And Riker's like, okay, well, you can still come to the ship. And he was like, to me, you will always be Jean-Luc. And they both beam up. What the fuck was that? <laughs> that was the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. Do we yeah. see this dude again? Never. What? Yeah, I know. I know. This was a whole thing. Yeah. What happens to him? I don't know. We he, don't know. He enjoys his life. Talks to Guinan, figures <sighs> his shit out and moves on. I don't know. We don't see him again. I mean, look at that costume. I would remember I would that not. Again. Yeah. That's like who was that guy that turned into like gold paint or something at the oh, end? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like Green Man. Or Duffin in that episode right, yeah. too. Yeah. There's a couple of them where you're like, "Oh, low budget showing." Yeah. It's weird. They don't wrap this one up well. What is an otherwise really great it episode. It was great up until that point. Yeah. And then they just needed to kind of figure out a way to make it all go away. <laughs> and that's what it was. Is this alien who wanted to wanted a friend and was allowing a friend to live his fantasy life. But if it's his fantasy life, there's a lot of complications thrown Yeah, there you had a bunch no of complications sense. that you wanted to ask me about. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, Minuet. Yeah. Why is she dead? If this I, is Riker's fantasy to keep them there, and I have no thought, idea. Like it should be Deanna Troy. Like we as viewers know, he would have believed it had he married Deanna Troy. Yeah. Right. Um but if you think it's Minuet, why wouldn't why is she dead? Because that creates like stuff he's gonna want to investigate. Right, obviously. Exactly. Um uh two, why is there all this stuff with the Romulans? He must have a deep distrust of the Romulans that this alien being would have known. Right. Why add all of that complication, too? Like, it makes sense. Well, because they needed to create... So th- th- that kind of makes sense to me, because they needed to create this um, situation where he would divulge the location of Starbase 23. And th- to whom, though? To the Romulans running the program. But the Romulans never were really running the program. It's always been this alien kid. Oh, yeah. So he doesn't give a shit about the Starbase? Yeah, why what is, Why did he have that layer in it? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. God, that is weird. Why, why did he add all this complicated Romulan stuff? Well, I, which so was interesting had it been the Romulans the min- doing it. So the Minuet thing, I, I think I can explain because in the original episode where Minuet shows up, yeah. it is such a complex program. It only happens because of a fluke. Right. You know, in the ship's computer while this thing is going on. A whole civilization's memory. Th- there is stored. no way that they can actually reproduce Minuet. It is too complex. But this kid searched in his head. That's what he found. He was like, well, he is in love with someone named Minuet for some reason. I don't know who that is, but I'm going to have to recreate it. Oh, I, I can't for some reason. It's The, the program won't run. Well, I'll, I'll have to make that a memory. <laughs> That's what I think happened. I guess, but he also failed at making data anything close to data, too. Well, yeah, it was they, happily made data. They, these are like uh, artificial intelligence things that are hard to duplicate, I guess, for some And reason. I think he just forgot about Jordy's visor. Maybe. Right? That's why they have the whole scene of like, There's what's up with your eyes, dude? a lot of stuff that's imperfect. Like, Jordy also couldn't fix the ship. Yeah. Well, the ship was broke. Well, well, the computer was busted. So maybe his neurotransmitter can't recreate, like, uh, really... Complicated, complicated AI, <laughs> but like people, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't. Know. That's my. That's All my right. theory. That's yeah, my theory. Yeah, but what are people but super complicated AI? I get. I know, but that's my theory, and <laughs> it sticks. In I All actually right. like the thing that Riker 
is deeply in love with this <laughs> computer program that we saw one time and never again. He's just like, I gotta get back to that holodeck. <laughs> That's he's got like a holodeck addiction. Uh, yeah. Oh, because he of totally that. Totally. Well, yeah, but it's because he's in love with this computer program. Yeah, that can't he's got be a wife. Created. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but the Romulan layer. I have no idea. I have Nothing. no idea why that happened. Yeah, it's just way too complicated. Right. Gave him a thing to figure out and poke holes at. Right. And we know how much these Starfleet people love mysteries. So. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, again, if it were the Romulans, it would have almost been a better payoff. Yeah. Don't you think? I think so. And then we saw a space could battle, have like, escape. rescue him Yeah, and God, that would have ruled. Yeah, and he never gave away the Starbase. Right. Yeah, I think that would have been a better ending. We yeah. didn't need the layer of the flashy-eyed Right, just thing. leave that some orphan kid that he helps escape. Yeah. You, know, you didn't need to, you know, oh, we tricked you again. Yeah, I mean, at first I thought that was really cool, but then the payoff to the second The trick, payoff was not worth it. Not worth it. Nope. Well, Patrick, this is where we like to rate what we just saw. If we thought it was amazing, must-watch Star Trek, we set to kill. If we thought it was pretty good, it comes up in the holster, we give it a watch, we set to stun. And, and if it was horrible, avoid at all costs... We leave it in the holster. So, Patrick, tell me, what do you think? I'm going to say set to stun Yeah, only because of the ending. Mm. It was actually a really good episode if they had stuck with the Romulan thing. Yeah, agreed. I mean, that's all I got to say. Like, it was it was great for all those reasons. Like, it set up this uh, fast-paced narrative that uh, made you care about all these different characters and what happened to them after 16 years. You yes. Know? Like, oh, what what's going on with Troy? Why everybody has a what? single streak of gray in yeah. their hair? <laughs> why, why does uh, Admiral Picard have a goatee now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what made Jordy get eyes? Like, all these different things happen yes. to each of these characters that we're familiar with, and then it just falls to pieces as soon as this uh, Barash guy comes in. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. Thanks, Barash. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. It's a set to stun episode. It was gonna be set to kill for most of the oh, yeah. viewing. I was thinking, oh hell yeah, set to kill episode. And then I remembered that little boy, and I was just like, oh, that's right. Why is he here? <laughs> so yeah, set to stun. Yeah, not bad though. Not bad. I mean, it's an exciting episode. It comes up. Give it a watch. Oh, absolutely. But you know, if you do miss it, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. It's a one-off, apparently. Yeah. We never see this Barash guy again, never so again. I hear. Never again. Oh, man. Well, Patrick, is there anything you want to talk about before we get out of here? I uh, just want to say thank you to all the people that donate to our Patreon. Our what? Our Patreon is a way that you can give just a couple bucks to help us keep the lights on here. Mm -hmm. We try to make a show every week, and then every now and then we also do original series episodes we uh, just did which we just muds did women. muds women uh and if you want to hear that just you know throw us five bucks every month <laughs> or <laughs> just hear patrick and i yell into the microphone well, it's mainly just us complaining so if uh, <laughs> you like to hear us complaining oh. uh, go to www.patreon.com slash patrick and that's also where all the episodes live now so if you had been looking for the episodes like on our old tumblr uh, they're not there anymore. Mm -mm. Uh, we, we we stream them all on the Patreon. Yep, and through your favorite podcatcher as well. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I think you gave that URL wrong, Patrick. It's Did I? HTTP. HTTP colon slash slash www.patreon.com. Slash slash Patrick. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Likes a Tweet because Facebook is for noobs. Let's see what's out there. Peaches. Hope. Sauce. Peaches.